This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. Jason Coates has been president of Coates Electrical and Instrumentation since 2006, and he was a founding member of the business with his father back in 1994. They support a variety of large industrial and commercial projects, including Dugway Proving Grounds and GSL Mineral. Last night, were you a prick to your wife? Are you hung over and drunk this morning? Like, I, do you, I need to give you a shovel and go dig a hole? And I let him work out all their anger and frustration until they're so tired, then I can teach them something, and then I send them home and let their wife put them back together. That's why it works. That's what Coates did. That's how I started. Well, yeah, because it's like you're getting the guys. They're not. They're not going to the military. They're not going to college. They're just coming straight. To they you. were my friends, and guess what? I was the president of the parking lot crew. We're fuck ups. <laughs> like, but here's the thing: can you learn from your fuck up? But how or do you... your mistake? Should we make it G-rated? No, no, no. I mean, no, you here's the thing: G- I'm going to be real. Yeah, yeah. I want to be me. Yeah, good. Because here's the thing: being a fake version of myself. One thing I learned is I'm not very good at that version of me. Yeah, right. I'm pretty good with the authentic person who's honest. Uh-huh. If I'm trying to be someone I'm not, you're going to see through that bullshit just like I can see through it when people give it to me. Yeah. It's a human knack. We have the ability to see when somebody's giving us the truth or whether they're just giving us some line they think we need to hear, that canned text. Uh-huh. Like, I worked for a company called Matrix once, right? And yeah, I worked myself. Center? Yeah, the call center, yeah. right? Like, I think it was the Nice Corporation originally, like Selden Young, because they wrote scripts. And uh-huh. the scripts were amazing. Till I realized what we were selling was junk, <laughs> you know? And then I was like, well, God. So I worked myself up to be the manager so that when the kids on my shift, I ran the three to nine, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Do you want it? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Yeah. Worst shift in the world for a high school <laughs> student, right? But we had a good team because my people just did their job. And then I took the phone calls when the upset clients called in and were like, hey, you're ripping off my grandparents Uh here on this TheraPlus bullshit. It was like a little bar we sold. It was $49.99 by three payments. And you rolled it on your arthritis and it magically went away, right? I don't know. Maybe. And and then everyone buys it. So you're managing a team out there? Yeah. I was the first. Well, the very first manager job I had, I worked for Ted Combe on his farm. Oh, and I okay. dug trees. Right? I know him. He's a good dude. Oh man, and and he had the he was the most sage wisdom I'd ever got was from him. His advice was, Jace, you want to kill time, work it to death. If you got wasted time and you got nothing to do, if you could find something to work at, you'd get something done. Uh huh. And at the end, you'd actually solve whatever you were thinking about that was taking up all your time. The only way to kill time is to work it to death. Huh. And then, so at, at Matrix, you're managing a team of fuck ups, and so <laughs> well, like, no, we were high school students. We were I did having that a great shift. time. I loved that. Right. At nine o'clock, I usually was telling them like where the keg was going to be at. <laughs> like we started telling them at six thirty at break, like hey, it's going to be at mile marker one thirty nine, oh. or we're going to Nowood tonight. Or, I still have friends know. from that job. It was like a good time. I loved the job. We yeah. were all friends and like we covered for each other. But, but you needed partiers. to be to the dance on Friday night. I made sure somebody was there to cover for you. Or if I had to, I got off of my little high horse and came down and did your job uh-huh. because you got to go still have high school if you don't experience those moments like how do you 
Oh, right. Good. I had this old, old cat that ran the three to 10 shift. Uh -huh. But what I did is I figured out that if I could get Harold to be on my side, he could teach me all the old tricks he knew. So he would run down to Wendover all the time. Like he always won. And I tried to figure it out and he taught me how to count cards. I'm a spiritual person. Uh -huh. I, I'm not really into I, I think God's pretty powerful and great if, if you believe in it and it's about the it's about your belief. Uh -huh. Right? And if that's what you need, then good for you. For me, I don't I don't feel like I need to pay to, to get to heaven. You see, they don't want me and hell's afraid I'll take over. <laughs> That's just a joke my mom used to tell me. But I think that that kind of mentality can make it tough to manage a group of, like, tough to manage people. You don't manage people. What you do is you find great people and you, and you tell them good job when they do a great job. And you let them manage themselves. Uh -huh. And then when they make a mistake, because, listen, we all fuck up. The only people who don't fuck up are the people not doing anything. But when you got to give them an extra chance, you do. I'm the guy of a million chances. I'm the guy that's going to give another chance. Like, I, if I find someone I believe in and I put time and effort into them, it's because I've seen something that they can do. It doesn't necessarily mean they saw it. It takes time sometimes to see it. You know, like for me, for example, I drank for, I mean, shit, I don't know, I think I was 14 when I started drinking. I'm 47. I quit in December of 23, 22. I didn't quit drinking though. You know what I did? My wife gave me an option. She says, Jason, you don't have to stop doing this. You, you can live your life and do exactly what you've always done. And you can keep getting exactly what you've always got. Uh -huh. But I'm not gonna stick around and watch you ruin yourself. And I'd been an asshole being a drunk. Mm, yeah. And you know what I felt? So I sat down for two days and I thought, and I was hung over, and I'd been Santa Claus the night before, giving out things to people, and being, a, you know, I like to give things. And what I realized was, I can't control when the asshole in me comes out. I can't predict it. I don't have enough data of the night and how it's going to go to determine who's going to say something that pissed me off. <laughs> Yeah, and that switch switches, and once that switch switches, now I'm in asshole mode, and I'm going to be an asshole till I pass out, right? Well, but I, but I love my wife. Why am I an asshole? To, why are we meanest to the people we love the most? Uh -huh. I don't know. You answer me that, and you'll be we we'll go make a trillion dollars. Yeah. And so I woke up the next morning, and I says, you know, Nikki, I love you, and and you're everything I've ever wanted. I'm happy. I got. A family and I got life and I've got this everything in the world and, and that's just shit right the things yeah and I got you and you got my back I choose you and I choose happiness and I choose me then huh. I haven't had a drink since oh, that's great. I tried a 1942 that was our wedding drink puked it right up <laughs> then I sobered up and I started seeing some things and it was like wow this world's got a lot of evil in it don't it and it's sometimes in the places closest to you. Like, do you know the story of IHC? I have mental illness. Let's get started with that. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. I got, I'm bipolar, okay? okay? I hate that label. I'm not bipolar. I'm a human being who suffers from a mental illness. And there's a medicine out there probably for me. I've been on it, it works. I'm using Abilify, it's an injectable. And it's a 28-day run that, on for me, 
It works for 24 days. Because guess what? I don't believe that the weight and height charts from 1917, <laughs> World War One veterans, are accurate. Uh-huh. I think that 120 over 80 is great for somebody. But have you ever seen 120 over 80 when you get your blood pressure ran? They gave us a finite number and said, you got to be 120 over 80. What they should have said is, you're probably 100 to 140 over 65 to 105. How can you say it's this one number or it's this one drug or it's this one milligram and it's going to last you this many days? Yeah, yeah. You can't. Yeah. We're, we're human nature. Like, we're nature. I'm a human being who suffers from a mental illness that the world wants to label bipolar. Right. Everyone I've ever heard, like, they, they don't even understand bipolar. They think someone who gets really mad at it sometimes and then, then, then is really nice is bipolar. <laughs> That's not bipolar. Bipolar is about a manic wave of rising, speed of mind thought, and then a crash when you realize the rest of the world hasn't got to your level yet, and now you're depressed because, you, like, can't they just come up to your level, your speed? Huh. I'm not trying to say I'm better than anyone. Uh-huh. What I'm saying is sometimes my mind works really fast. The way I learned in life was reading. Mm-hmm. My dad taught me at a really young age how to look for knowledge. Mm. It was what my dad was best at. He, he didn't want to teach me what he knew. Mm-hmm. He wanted to teach me how he learned, right? Mm-hmm. And that's essentially how I try to teach the guys that come work for us in the trades. Yeah, I don't want to teach. If I taught you what I know, then you're just another me. But if I taught you how to think and, and learn like I learned, which was by reading and pulling out the book and studying and then, and then thinking about what were they trying to mean. Like Jack Welch was an amazing CEO, right, of GE. And he said one time, he says, you know, there's only one question I really hate. If I already know the answer to the question, why in the hell didn't I write it down and give it to my people so that that question was their knowledge base? Because I want to know the questions they don't know the answers to because they don't exist. Right. Because if you ask me a question I don't know the answer to, then I better go find it. Right. My dad used to say this to me. He says, Jason, don't ever come to me with problems. Right. He said, come to me with some solutions. And then together, we'll figure out which solution works best. There's not wrong answers. There are things that work better than others. There's 100 ways to skin a cat. Does that mean they're all the best? No. One of them is going to be the most efficient, least deadly way to do it. Listen, I, this is why Coates does things the way they do. Like, you got to be mostly involved in the whole phase of that job from conception to turning it on. Uh-huh. Right, because that's why electricians run the world. Okay, let me explain to you. We're <laughs> the first ones in and the last ones out. Okay. We set the pace. If we're behind, the job's behind. Uh-huh. If we're leading it and we're if, if we're beating the drum, and we're setting the pace in synchronicity with all the trades, that job's going to run smooth. Well, so but that's the thing. Like we were saying before, you guys have always been this like. Let's bring you in, introduce you to trades, you know, get you out of high school, train you up, all that stuff. Don't you think that it's a good thing, though, to give somebody a way to earn a living and pay for it at the same time so they don't have debt? I think it's amazing, but I think there's a lot of risk to your business to do that. Sure you know, is. you're saying you want to set this pace for a whole job. You got these kids that are not following through. Not all of them are going to come through, even when you support them. You know, you think so. I don't make mistakes? <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I made I mean, a lot of them. Right, right. So it is, it is, you know, maybe a risk to your business to to try to do it that way. Calculated risk. Yeah. 
calculated risk. So you hung out with a group of friends of my brothers, right? So uh -huh. you're a few years younger than I am. If you ever looked at who I had taught how to run, they were a few years older than me and my age. And they all went to Bonneville and I knew them from the partying days where they worked at Matrix and I brought them in because I kind of knew enough data about them. I knew they were moldable and teachable, mm -hmm. right? So then when I started hanging out with my brother, you guys have to understand, you think we were drinking and partying. I was scouting. I was looking <laughs> for talent, right? I was looking for that guy that's got that drive and he shows up every time he says he's going to be somewhere, he, he's there. Uh. And then I look at their cars and I see how well they keep them clean. Because <laughs> if they're a mess, it means they think like I think and they get a little manic occasionally and those things get less and less. But if they never, ever, ever get clean and they don't ever look good, I don't want them on my job. Uh -huh. I want the kid that knows how to clean it up. So while you guys thought we were partying and having a good time and I was providing beer and having a great old time, I was scouting. I needed the next generation of growth. You see? Nice. I like that. Impressive. And it kind of sounds like your dad was teaching you management tactics like, for sure, all along for the way. For sure. My dad's Attila the Hun, right? Like his management philosophy is my way or the highway. Yeah. That was really great in 1970, you know, and that's how he was taught. So why would he teach me any different? It's what he learned. You got to understand, my old man had a rough life. Uh -huh. He'd never tell you that, and I'm sorry if he if it bothers him, but my dad was born with one hand. Uh -huh. You know, he didn't know that until he came home to tell his mom that there was a kid in his kindergarten class that had one hand. Oh. Oh, it's sad when you think about it. Like, he, I don't know my grandpa, unfortunately. He, he passed due to suicide mental illness runs in both sides of my family mm. and, and 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 that's okay i but it's not okay to have suicide yeah what i want to do i've been there and, I, and what i want to do is i want to get to a place in this world where we don't have to have suicide anymore and we don't have to have overdoses because people are self-medicating yeah but that's what's wrong with with the health care problem right now is we don't address mental illness as an illness uh -huh. my dad's handicap per se i would never say he was handicapped like my dad could do as much with one hand as most i mean he plays guitar yeah right he's pretty damn good at it yeah right he lays his own track it's it's amazing his i story. told my son about your dad probably three weeks ago because yeah. he was taking ukulele saying it was too hard i was like too hard guy. here's this guy yeah. with one hand that he plays guitar he learned how to play a seven string now and he got a guy who taught him who who actually went out and bought a seven string to figure out what he had to do to teach my dad to become better and i'll tell you what he's I, i'm excited to say he he records his own stuff now Wow. And I hope I hope him all so he's retired, right? And that's what he likes to do. Yeah. He he tinkers with toys in his cars and he plays guitar. And and I'm happy for him. But what he did is he learned how to adapt. Yeah. And you have to adapt. The world changes constantly, right? But what he learned he used to call it left hand upside down backwards so if you could take your right hand if he had to do it left-handed he had to turn his hand right side upside down backwards and and so he taught me dexterity at a really young age because he taught me how to tie my shoes uh. you want to know how frustrating that is when you have two hands and you're learning to tie shoes and all the other kids are tying this rabbit loop swoop whatever pole i didn't know that way 
He wants you to do it one-handed? Yeah, well, no, I can tie my shoes one-handed, but I'm not nearly as good as he is. But uh-huh. I, I had two hands, and he'd be like, your damn hand's getting in the way. <laughs> but I kept saying to him, like, but I got two. <laughs> like, and both of them have dexterity. I can do what you do, but I can do it with my left hand, and I don't have to do it upside down backwards. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, he was strong as an ox in that right hand. Uh-huh. You got one, you're going to get tough. Uh-huh. You want to know how it happened, though? Yeah. He was born that way. There was a bad drug from England called thalidomide. Oh. In the 50s. And it was a morning sickness pill. And a whole bunch of kids, I want to say there was 50 or 60,000 of yeah. them born, right? I'd love to know who's the drug company because the, the actual drug company went bankrupt, uh-huh. right? Spun out, became a new name, probably like Pfizer or some yeah. bullshit like that. Yeah. And when they got sued because whatever limb was being made in the womb the day the mom took the morning sickness pill that that limb failed to or the brain or the whatever was being generated yeah failed to generate because of this drug side effect yeah i've heard like, of that and it's sad and there know? were a lot of kids and, born well there was a lawsuit like that was a big thing all, yeah like i said for he was born in 1953 and i want to say it was like 1950 to 1955 this drug existed uh, yeah. you know and and he'd be mad if i said this because he's not it's not a handicap it actually taught him that you never give up and you never quit you you just my dad couldn't teach me how to throw a baseball like like someone else could because my dad had to take the mitt off of his stub and put it on his hand to catch it and then he had to take it off to throw it i mean you know how hard it is to play catch that way yeah well, I'm over there wanting to throw it as fast as I can. Like that's not that that's an unfair way for him to have to have fathered. Uh-huh. So my dad taught me knowledge, and 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 I would sit and listen to him when he'd come home from. My dad was manic too. Okay, like he had three jobs. Right, he had a full time job. He was bishop. He was mayor. He was he always had something to do. So I got the time when he got off work from the salt mines. Uh-huh. You know, and he had to clean up because that place is terrible. Which, why is it? Why can't they do a cleaner job? I don't know. I have a plan for that, but we'll get to that. (laughs) All right. Maybe maybe that'll be like part two. (laughs) Okay. But in part one, what I want to talk about is I got to sit down while he showered off, and he got to tell me about all the things he was working on and the pilot plants and all the stuff he was working on. And as a kid, I was was an only child for the first five and a half years. Uh Ah. So I was it. I got, but I, I was expected to respond like an adult, right? Because like for my dad, he didn't talk baby talk to a kid. You, you spoke to your child how you expected to be spoken at, uh-huh. and it taught me at a really young age how to speak. And I had a huge vocabulary. I'm. What the? F- you this got four the, cigars tied I together. I brought you one. All right. The way this thing works is if you can get all three lit perfect. That thing will walk right down and never run on you. That seems hard, though, to get all three. Well, think about it. It's just like a twisted pair. All right. If it starts to run on one side because it's braided, it's going to start burning the other one. And so it's just like parody and twisted pair. Like, communications hasn't changed. Ethernet's no different than RS-485. All we did was we got faster by doing it in parallel. We're we're still serially talking ones and zeros in parallel fashion, and then we just changed the word size from 8-bit to 16-bit to 32-bit to 64-bit. And then don't burn yourself. Just pull down on that with your thumb. And when you hear the sound, it's burning. So... 
I'll tell you what I love about these Camel Crush. No, listen to me. It's the best. Sometimes I like a regular cigarette. I used to have to carry reds in one pocket, and I had to carry menthols in the other. You're like the perfect use case for those things. And so then they came out with these little crushes, and it's like, are you kidding? In one pack, I got both? What do you think of those? Yeah, I'll tell you what. That's a hidden gem. I love travel. That Let me tell you. I see a therapist, okay? I Why wouldn't you? The, the <laughs> right? human brain is your tool. Yeah. Well, I take pretty good care of my tools, right? You've got to polish them and clean them and oil them because that's how I make my living. Well, the human brain's no different. So I go to a therapist every week. Sometimes we talk about politics. Sometimes we bullshit. Other times we get real deep on some things I need to talk about. He's legally required not to talk to people about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. I can tell him He's all the crazy the shit best, I think. <laughs> see, like, I used to have an imaginary friend, right, when I was a kid. He's like my imaginary friend. Like, you run into him in public, he's not going to be like, hey, Jace, how's that shit going? He's going to be like, nod at you and say hi. And, you know, he's like my imaginary Harvey. Okay, like, we'll just skip for now. The questions I would have about your dad starting an electrical business, building it to that size, all of that. But he, you know, he does this upside down backwards way all the time. And then you're going to take over a business from him. Yeah. And that's got to have a lot of potential for like, you know, <sighs> kind uh, of do it problems. my way, do it this you're way. You're going to do it my way, damn it. Because he's X theory, right? And that was the way it was. Well, it, I mean, did I, you guys have a way of working that out? No. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm going to be honest with uh -huh. you. We, we've come to agree that we have to disagree. Uh -huh. and, and I love my dad, and I'll always love my dad uh -huh. for my dad. But the business outgrew his skill set. Mm. At some point, I expect it to outgrow my skill set. But I better be looking for that guy, that kid that's got more than I do. Because if I can teach him what I know at 47 by the time he's 27 yeah what's he gonna do when he's 47 yeah that's where we had a problem there was no clear defined role of how do we get from a startup to a mom pop to a corporation and then and then how do we move to the second and third generation and to be honest with you i'm actually right in the middle of that right now and and that's an area i've got a I got to steer clear of too much. I'd love to tell you how it's going to work out, uh -huh. but I don't know. I may have to start over. I've had this longer than anything else in the world. It's like my, it's like my own baby. I was there from day one, right? Like I helped breed and build and, and, and change and adapt and start over and scratch all that out and say, hey, we're not good at doing churches and Walmarts. We need to, we, these schools are bankrupting us. We gotta get back to our roots. And then we're, from there, we gotta see what opportunities are out there and what can we teach what we're good at. That, well, that's what I want is for everyone to have a fallback yeah. that they can earn based on their own merit. Right. Like if you're willing to put in the effort and build it like they like when you're a welder you earn it on the arm mm -hmm. and you earn it on the rig if you own a rig you get to rent your rig to them and oh. your arm is you welding right so you get paid twice for the same hour okay here's here's what's wrong with not having a succession plan i believe in an asop and employee stock owned pension okay i think you should get a fair pension 
based on what your merit was to build with the owner that facility and that company. I don't think it should be done on like, you did it 20 years, you get it 20 years. I think it ought to be based on what you put in. Uh-huh. If you help me build it faster, you ought to be able to get out faster. <laughs> so it ought to be benchmarked to the valuation of the company. And your pension ought to be benchmarked on your production and your willingness to put back into that business. And you should be an owner of your pension, which is earmarked to the valuation of that company. Interesting. That's why we're at an impasse with my company. I came in and told them I want to take it to an ESOP, and they lost their fucking shit. And they took it all from me. <laughs> Every, well, no, no. Like, I can't get too deep into that one. But it does basically take the profit. A lot of the profit that the business owners would be getting is now going. Yeah, but here's the thing. Business owners shouldn't be taking all the profit out of the company. You got to be buying equipment and tools, and you got to be taking the profits you make and putting it into diversification. Uh-huh. You got to be building. We should be owning a 30 and 40 door apartment complex that the business owns and so there's mailbox money coming back in a bad economy you still got 40 new residents that are renting from you Uh or you should be building businesses and buildings in an industrial park and helping other businesses get started who rent from you you should take the money you have and reinvest it back into your community and your people because one day all the people who work for me are going to have kids and I'll tell you the greatest is when I have three generations. Like we have some people that there's people who the dad, the son, and his son have come and worked with me. Uh-huh. But I, why, is it, why is it just men? Women in construction is a good thing. But so are men. Uh-huh. But so are kids. Uh-huh. So are grandkids. And if I could build a corporation that people owned a piece of and their kids, kids, kids were proud to come and work for... Now that's a company I want to build. Huh. I'm not the guy who wants to take, take, take in profit. Uh-huh. Now, have I done that before? Sure, I made a mistake. I got into, caught up into it, but money changes people. But let me tell you something. Money's not evil. It's the love of money. It's, it's envy and greed and trying to be ahead of the next guy. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. What you're doing with that and what you're doing with the education, the the yeah, coach technical solutions, technical. yeah, like those are the things that those are pretty traditionally union things. But you're kind of I'm reinventing to that do something a little different. bit. I you gotta understand the unions were a necessary evil, but now they're just a bunch of like all they're doing is spending money in Washington, taking your money from the working man and giving it to the people in Washington. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I don't think the people in Washington are doing a pretty good job. I think you got the Bidens out there doing all the drugs in the world, and I think they're guilty as shit for Ukraine. I think Ukraine's a cesspool. And, and to be honest, I think Putin might be right. I think all the evil's coming from Ukraine. Listen to what Trump said. Do you know who Mariner Eccles was? Yeah, yeah. We got the federal building, Forest Service because of him, all that. Yeah, yeah. he was the Federal Reserve Chairman uh-huh. during the New Deal. Right. Guy was brilliant. Born on my birthday in 1890. Okay. I want to bring the fair deal like he brought the new deal. I want to stop all the military spending to kill people, and I'd like to start spending on technology, and I'd like to get with Elon Musk and Starlink and with what he does is SpaceX and what Jeff Bezos is doing with his, because I think the new frontier is space. 
we've got to start spending money back in R&D. Do you know how many great things came from NASA? Oh, yeah. Tang, Mylar, uh, like all the things that protect our firefighters now when they're mm-hmm. up there fighting forest fires came from NASA so we could survive on the moon. Yeah. We need to get back to spending our money trying to build this world into a place to go to the next world and see what's out there rather than killing each other people you know as much as they think that private industry is doing all the r&d most of that r&d is still funded through government grants all of it is because at the end of the day then the government owns the tech (laughs) right right i'm a little different i i work in think tanks that aren't government funded and don't run off grants because i want to do it a little different Uh i want to give it to the world Uh uh-huh in an ESOP based on merit. Yeah. It seems well, fair to me. Right. That's I really, why I want to call it the fair deal. An ESOP. Well, and how common are ESOPs? Like, is that a thing that people do? Winco's an ESOP. Uh-huh. Peterson Incorporated out here was an ESOP. Oh, really? Until they sold. Yeah, like, they're, they're a lot more prevalent than you think. It's just, it hasn't caught on yet. But I'm, I, I, I here's the thing. I believe change comes from a man being willing to stand up and say, mm, I don't like the old way. I'm willing to go out on a limb and take from what would be my my percentage and offer it up to others if they want to get in. And to be honest with you, if you own a piece of the action, don't you work harder? Oh, absolutely. I think so. And if I'm willing <clears throat> to teach and I can find other people willing to teach, don't you think we can build a better working American. Yeah. I want humans to take care of humans by teaching what we each know. Like I believe humanity's got way, way more in common than we don't. It seems like if you believe that the profits that are gained should be shared by all the workers, that's kind of a union ideal. Unions have kind of had a monopoly on that idea for a while. There yeah, hasn't been like a, a lot of other options for those people. Agreed. I, I but here's the thing, it's a new deal. Yeah. This is the new fair deal. It's based on effort. It's what they put in, they should get out. Mm-hmm. That's where I differ from what the union believes. The union thinks if you, if you make this pay grade, everybody makes that pay grade. Well, what about the guy that works a little harder? Where's the incentive for him to give more? That's the difference. If you don't incentivize the thinker and the doer and the person who's willing to put in the time or the guy who doesn't have family at home, you don't pay him to travel and do that extra work, then you're taking away the incentive. And that's why I believe in fair, not equal. Yeah, It ought to be based on your merit and your work. I'm a merit shop philosophy guy. But, it, but it's not to say there's not a bottom floor. If you're doing this job, there's a bottom floor that is a fair wage. Well, but if you're doing above and beyond it, then you ought to be compensated for what your effort, your level of effort ought to be directly proportional to your pay. But what, what liberals are saying isn't that everybody should get the same. They're saying that that floor at the bottom should be... There has be to be a floor. At least. Well, the problem is companies pay just enough to keep their people happy and people work just hard enough to keep their companies, keep their job. Right. That's the wrong philosophy. Right. That we, we, have to, we have to learn to take care of people and do good for them when they do well. Yeah. People want to hear their name and they want to know you know them. And then when you do good, they want you to recognize them for that. 
I've had guys give me thank yous that worked for me years ago and don't work for me now, and I'll run into them. They're like, you know, if you hadn't come and helped me, mm-hmm. I'd have never got here. And, you know, it makes me almost want to cry when they do that yeah. because I wanted them to do it with me, but I'm happy that they did it. Yeah, I've never stopped a guy from leaving me if I thought where he was going was going to better his life. So what do you think about this? I think there are a lot of people out there who think they're socialists now because they believe in profit sharing. And I think that came from people, you know, not profit sharing for so long that people felt like they had to start. Well, my least favorite deadly sins are envy and greed. Uh-huh. So if you're enviously greedy, you're going to create that problem. Yeah. And you're going to create socialism that thinks that way, that it's profit sharing that makes it. But I don't think so. I think it's profit earning yeah. that ought to be shared. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. We're, we're bred we're to believe someone has to lose in order for you to win. Yeah. I disagree. I think we can all win by winning together. Uh-huh. And if we could teach that, we might actually create world peace. Yeah. If the world could understand you don't have to have a loser to have a winner. Well, I think something interesting happened here, too, because we didn't come into this conversation as you're a conservative guy. I'm a liberal guy. I am a liberal guy. I'll admit it. But like we came in yeah. where we came I'm into that was we both but, agree but in fucking agree. profit sharing. And we like do. that's where you know what? Like you come into it that way. I'm different. A lot of understanding. going. I'm on. different than the average guy. Money's meant to do good things. You got to take calculated risks. You got to get enough data in. That's uh-huh. why I read constantly. You learn from what you did wrong. And you don't do it again. You find a different, better way. Yeah. So Mic drop that. With what you're going through right now, Ugh. do you think forgiveness is possible? I forgive them all. What about them? I don't forget. I'm learning from it. I hope. I have hope. I think hope is the most. I love my family. Right? And I feel for them. Because I'm peaceful. I'm not. I got healthy, realizing I don't need to be angry. Getting mad didn't get me anywhere. I've been trying that, and I'm banging my head against the wall, banging my head against the wall. The only thing that's happening, I'm getting a concussion. Right. What good does that do me? If you're on a boat, right, and there's 100 people, and the boat's capsized, it's going down, and there's only enough life jackets for five people, what do you do? Who do you save? If you don't save you, you can't save anybody. Maybe I can get the people to realize that they don't need the full life jacket of buoyancy and I can save 12 of them if I'm in the middle of them and they hold me up while I'm going down holding them up. And if you can get more people holding more people up, maybe you just build a bigger buoyancy and you float that great big boat and we save all 100 by holding hands and each of us grabbing on to that life preserver instead of holding it for ourselves and thinking we can cape it all to ourselves and be rich. Yeah, that's not rich. Rich is life and people and family and friends and memories. That the, the difference I was told once that the difference between rich and wealth, rich is money, rich is dollars. It's a bank account. Wealthy is people and friends and memories and energy that's positive coming together and having a barbecue and a party. That's wealth. Yeah, wealth is time, time to spend with people. You can only spend two things in this world, I used to say, time and money. And they're inversely proportional. The more time I had, the less money I had. And the more money I had, the less time I had. But when you get to wealth and you realize you just need the people around you and the energy that's positive. 
Because if you can reflect positivity, people will reflect it back to you. And it's like having a cup. And if I ladle my positive energy out to you, somebody's going to bring some positive back and ladle it to mine. And I'll never run out. And then my cup runneth over of positive love. So I had to cut negativity out. Anger and shame. And it just, it, it doesn't do you any good. Yeah, man. So let me ask you, just kind of to try to put a bow on all of it. Like, um, so can people come to the Coates Technical Solution? Can people just come in there like they want to start learning the trade? You'll start teaching them? come find me. So it's been how I've taught for years, but I didn't have a funding mechanism for it because of greed and envy. But its first quarter will be this August. Oh, great. We have some plans and visions of where it's going, and, and but it it's the new future. Oh, shit. So does this mean you're going to be throwing some more parties? These it recruiting I'm, parties I'm we used to re- have? I'm going recruiting. <laughs> Hell yeah. I am definitely in the recruiting mode, and I'm looking for all men and women from... I would like to capture them at 14 and 15 to start seeing what we can mold them into. But then I'd also like to start with all of our veterans because it's about having connection. You see, the reason I'm a hugger is I believe all things are in motion and the electrons of my body can bond with the electrons of yours and yours. And then anyone you go meet today, mine are going for a ride with you. It's like pay it forward in energy. Yeah. And that's why I like to shake hands and hug people because I want my energy, but I want yours too. A quantum leap is when you go and you hug your wife and then she goes and hugs 10 people today and you hug 10 people today and I just touched a thousand people not even knowing I did it. I love it. So did you get what you need? Yeah, man. I thought that was great. There was like six rabbit holes I wanted to go down that we didn't get to go down. Well, let's do some more. I had a great time with Jason. Thank you, sir, for hanging out on the back porch with me. Thanks to my buddy Koopmans for setting it up. I've got special thanks for Dennis and Josh over at Sun Tea. They just officially took over the business. They threw the best party over at Shanshui Gardens yesterday. I was chilling with Sammy Brew, Earthworm, Suda, I Am Azen, Johnny Baseball, Cop Kid, Club Mungo. It was the best. I love what all those people are doing. Go give them love. Thanks for listening.